Welcome to the Two Medics podcast. My name is Dushi Gunawardner. I'm a cardiology registrar subspecializing in coronary intervention. And my name is Beth and John. I'm a GP trainee, ex neurosurgery trainee, still specializing in everything and nothing. Yay. Oh, How's it going? Also, I'm, I'm quite bereft after completing the Sopranos after yesterday. Yeah. And then. Tony Soprano shaped void. Yeah, that's it, man. It's, it's just, I don't know what why I got into it 24 years too late, but better late than never. God, is that how long ago? Yeah, I think it was 99, like the first, or maybe even a bit earlier, like the first series, because it's just so funny, like, even the tech, you're watching the technology and stuff and the mobiles and things, making me realize how far away (laughs) it was. But I I was, I felt attacked when I tweeted last night to say, like, I've finished it, what what should I watch next? And Mm. someone made an observation that I first tweeted about it like 16 days ago. And they were like, have you completed the entirety of Sopranos in 16 days? And I was, like, <laughs> I was thinking, don't come at me like this. I don't, I don't need this kind of negativity in my life. But yes, I have. But I don't know, it was just like addictive. And I, I can't remember the last mm. time I felt like that about a series. And yeah. having six series to watch like all in one was just, yeah, I think yeah. I've neglected a lot of things over the past 16 days for that reason. Yeah, but, fair enough. Do you think even even though yeah, worth it. So even though it's like what twenty four years old, do you think it holds up? Would you recommend it to other people? Oh, totally. I just I don't know what it is, but it's obviously a classic. And then over the years, like you hear snippets and things from it, and I never really understood the background. And something a tweet I saw recently actually, which like prompted me to watch it, was a tweet that said that the Sopranos is just a tweet about psychodynamic therapy but pretending to be a mafia show and I was just like oh that's so intriguing and it's so true isn't it because a lot of it is about Tony Soprano's character and he goes to like psychological therapy with this psychiatrist and I feel like I just learned a lot about myself as well like from what she was saying Mm. about parent relationships and stuff and I thought wow this this is a pretty like deep show but yeah absolutely loved it it's true actually and it's yeah. and do you know i always find it strange though sorry to interrupt but i always find it strange okay. when shows can make you like root for the bad guys like i feel like that's always like a show that's done well when you're like i'm rooting for mafia bosses here yeah. like it's just everything's wrong with that sentence no that's pretty much what i was going to say i feel like at the beginning it seems cool and then you realize that and i had my favorite or the characters I liked would change as the show goes on because you'd find out bits more about them and you'd realize that they're all horrible. Yeah. And, but then you're compelled to see how it ends, really. Yeah. And we're talking about the ending, but I guess without wanting to spoil this 24 year old show for the people who haven't seen <laughs> yeah. it, it is, it is weird. It's a weird one. Yeah. yeah. It's all, yeah, because it just finishes and then it's what now? And, yeah. And yeah, it's a strange one, but I think like it, it just made me think a lot about how, even though these are mafia and made men, and it's they're obviously bad guys, but it was like some of the conversations and narratives that they would have in the show is that they would feel that they were doing good, so that they felt mm-hmm. like it, you know, the people who they were harming, they felt that they like they deserved it in some way, and I, I was thought like that's so strange that someone who can be like so inherently bad and evil convinces themselves that they're doing it for a good cause and it's I don't know it's just I think it's a very good 
not only like action packed and entertaining, but like quite psychologically like deep mm. and thinking, okay, that's very strange. But yeah, I loved it. I couldn't stop binging. Literally. So now you've you've tried tried to switch it up and you're watching another HBO show, which is yeah. fire. Yeah. So more criminals and more kind of <laughs> gangs and yeah, FBI pursuits or whatever. But yeah, I'm finding it a little bit harder to get into, but it, it came very highly recommended. Like you mentioned it, quite a lot of people were like saying you need to watch The Wire yeah. next. And I think you were telling me it does. it is a bit slow to start, but I'm going to persevere. It's just funny, yeah. isn't it? Because I, I just find so many things to do to procrastinate from what like I should be doing. And yeah. that at the moment is box sets for me. <laughs> it's yeah, not as if I've got fun. loads of other things to do, but I'm like, nope, I'm just going to spend all my time on the sofa <laughs> under, under my heated blanket watching box sets. Yeah, no, it's, there are some really great shows out there. And I do think, as you say, some of them do change your world perspective. Totally. I, I saw that you'd, you'd gone to Twitter and you'd asked them. Yeah. You'd asked uh, for some recommendations. Yeah. But, yeah so the, that's quite... Yeah, The Wire was... Could have just Googled that, Bethany. I know. That's the thing, isn't it? And do you notice that sometimes? I was thinking that, funnily enough. I was thinking I put that out. And I thought, you know what? I could have just Googled more shows like Sopranos. I could have just said that. But I don't know. And it's. I always find it funny when people say, oh, does someone... Does anyone know what time Domino shuts tonight? Does does anyone know? That's ridiculous. Yeah. Does anyone know how I buy a house or whatever? It's just Google it. Like it's there. But I guess in your defense for the shows, because what you're doing is because I guess we accumulate people in our circles whose opinion we trust more than some random person off Google, right? Maybe. Yeah. I see. Yeah. You're a little bit random, but I do think you're less random than Google. So I'll take that. Yeah. Exactly. That's cool. So the wire, yeah, I definitely recommend that. I think that's probably my favorite show. Or yeah, yeah. It probably is actually. Now, because obviously, like our listeners can't see us, but I, I'm looking at you on the video call as you're reflecting back on the wire, and I can see the pain in your eyes that that show is like no more. <laughs> like I, I, yeah. feel, I can tell that you really enjoyed that show, and I know you you keep, keep recommending it to me. So again, it's another one that I'm 20 years late on, but that's what oh, I'm going to yeah. get. That's what I'm going to do really next. Left. I really left a void. Speaking of which, so I saw Chris and Jamie today. Jamie Sherrington. Yeah. Oh, yeah, get, the, the good Jamie, the good one. The good Jamie, yeah. 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 And the thing is, is when they're in the city, there's that kind of ongoing joke, isn't there, about how it's difficult to tell them apart. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but they obviously are very different. But yeah. we went, so me and Chris, we went to see Bring Me the Horizon. And then, so Jamie was like, oh, so are they like an emo band? And we're like, I'm so glad you didn't come, Jamie. Yeah, that bit. Um, That's so but Bring sweet. Me the Horizon are amazing, even though I guess at our advanced age, you watch people in the kind of mosh pit and stuff and be like, oh, that would be cool. And we yeah. were sitting at the side. So was there, a, was there a mosh pit there? Yeah. Oh my God. It's oh, massive. Wow. It's massive. Oh. It looks so oh. good. It looks like so much fun. I'd have loved it. Oh my God. Yeah. Um, that um, it was oh. uh, so I had a really good time. I definitely would. Um, go and see them again oh my god the other thing i noticed though was that so bring me the horizon i think because they're still releasing music right and i guess like i have heard like friends go oh, a bit cheesy and because of that i guess because they've been around for about 20 years their their base their fan base really spans all the elderly people like me and chris <laughs> and then you've got like young people and there were some parents there who brought their five-year-olds oh, or at least i say five-year-olds but little kids but they were kids and, yeah 
Yeah, but she looked like she's having a weird that kind of scene. I, I mean, love seriously, that. like um, yeah, yeah. Uh, but there you go. It was uh, that's it was a massive because my first gig was I think about the age of ten, and it was Steps in. Oh in, no! Way. In, yeah, in Cardiff International Arena. Look how cool, much cooler that kid is. Like, go and see Bring Me the Rise, and like when they're like sub ten. Do you know what I mean? It's that's pretty epic and if i'm ever lucky enough to have kids one day i would love to get them involved in like live music with their little ear defenders on like dragging them along yeah, <laughs> yeah. but yeah i was always that kid that was like ah it's true how would i want to go yeah. but obviously not now <laughs> yeah yeah i came that. in late yes going on to oh we should mention our sponsors oh, yeah. for our podcast so please check out at scr BS underscore UK. They put you in scrubs. They make comfortable, practical, very good looking scrubs for all manner of health professionals. So anyone who works in a clinical setting, that's doctors, nurses, allied health professionals, vets, a dentist, you name it. They make scrubs that are definitely worth checking out. And if you use our promo code, which is 2medics10, so T-W-O-M-E-D-I-C-S 10, you'll get 10% off so do check them out treat yourself treat yourself i i really want to say like how like natural you are when you say that like sponsor bit now and i, I dread the day when it comes when i might have to say it because i'll be like <laughs> scrubs <laughs> that's all i have to say but you <laughs> always just like, rolls off I your am. tongue yeah it all oh, sounds very professional through oh thank you thank pleasure you. to work with you them, oh thank you yeah true pro true pro yeah Likewise, <laughs> speaking of the energy that you're emanating, so there was a Thank tweet you. that said, "I want to know what percentage of physicians and other healthcare workers are oldest daughters." And are you the eldest daughter? I am the eldest daughter. I'm one. I'm oh, so one of two feelings. children. Yeah, and I, I think I very much have eldest daughter, big sister energy. I'm very annoying for one, but it seems oh, like there was. It, it seems like there was a lot of agreement with this with this treat hmm. and then she so said yeah i knew it what, what do, you do you think, think it, is? it is i don't know. Yeah. I think it's like that kind of little bit bossy maybe that you've and i think as the eldest daughter like this is what I, so i have a younger brother and hmm. for me i feel like it's like i had to go through like i was the testing pad like i had to go <laughs> yeah I, I was like the i was the prototype and then my brother's the real thing as in i don't mean that no. in a bad way but as in I had to go through all the shit and get told mm. no to a lot of things so that he could, like, when, when it was oh, his turn, they were like, oh, actually, yeah. do you know what? It's probably not that bad. Yeah, you, yeah. you go away. Calibrated. Yeah. yeah, and then I was just like, oh. So I held a little bit of resentment for that. So that just makes me a little bit more feisty and a bit more, F you, I'll do what I want now. But obviously, yeah. I don't mean it in a malicious way. And I think sometimes there's a lot of that in healthcare where it's a bit like, oh, whatever, guidance is guidance. I'm just going to crack on and do it my own way anyway. Yeah, um, no, fair enough. I think, as you said, I'm sure we've talked about it on the podcast before in terms of people who are drawn to like healthcare tend to be people pleasers in some way, right? Yeah. Because, or at least they want to help people. And I, th I guess there is that element of being the first and being responsible. And I guess it lends, those stereotypes lends themselves to healthcare. And so yeah. I'm sure there are lots of, I guess, like most of the people who are listening are going to be in healthcare. For any of you out there, and no matter what time of day it is, wherever you are, so it might be morning where you are. So good morning. You know, yes, good morning. morning. Yeah. So good morning to everyone out there. Um, cool. 
But yeah, so um, someone said oldest daughters are always more responsible, smarter, and bossy. This is in reply to this, in, in response to this tweet. And then said they also have a much higher propensity for type 2 diabetes. I don't understand that last bit. Are they saying that we're fatter, more unhealthier, or I don't understand? Oh, oh! apparently someone says, why the higher propensity for diabetes? And this right. person then out. quotes from the Journal of Clinical Endocrinology and Metabolism, long a source of sibling rivalry, birth order may raise the risk of firstborn children developing diabetes or high blood pressure. According to a recent study accepted for publication in the Endocrine Society's Journal of Clinical Endocrinology and Metabolism. Wow. Well, there you go. Elder sibling comes with a health warning. Who knew? I reckon that's because of all the cortisol, the stress of having to look out for elder siblings. That's that. Do you know what? But that's got to be it, man. That's got to be it. It's stressful. Are you you the eldest, Therusha? Yeah. So the funny thing is, is that I am. But I definitely don't give off elder brother vibes. Like, I, oh, at least that's what I keep getting told. Like, I keep yeah, getting... yeah. So, like, when do you give toddler vibes? Friends... <laughs> yeah, literally. <laughs> like, I just I, I give off like little brother vibes. I think. And so, like, when people meet my little brother, they'll they'll say, "Oh, he seems like the older one." <laughs> I don't. I don't know. Okay. And that's so annoying because there's literally like a ten year age gap between the two of us. Maybe it's your youthful like, good looks. Definitely, definitely, definitely looks younger than me. <laughs> I'm like, thank you. I appreciate the effort. On, on yeah, thanks for that. On, yeah, yeah. But he definitely is way more responsible than me. But yeah, I'm actually the oldest, believe it or not. I think yeah. people have the. We have your different. There might also be that whole thing about having different faces and things, and having a different face for work or something. And yeah, I think at work I can be a bit. Big yeah, it's yeah, it's strange, isn't it? I think I do give off bossy vibe sometimes yeah really but yeah i don't know and i think but no what you said about being that people pleaser kind of thing is definitely and i think especially daughters elder daughters is that kind of keen mm. quite keen for that but yeah interesting yeah. one i thought that was quite funny and then you linked a tweet that kind of got a lot of i feel like that got a lot of traction although i didn't see a link to this one in particular which is the do you want to read this out? Yeah, um, so this patronizing was... another NHS sign. Yeah, this seems like it's from ages ago now, but yeah. yeah. It's the lovely passive-aggressive kind of signs that we've grown to love that are often like stuck on the back of staff toilet doors. But this was a tweet by muddy underscore gas underscore doc. Hannah, uh, we don't have the money to do routine tasks, so we'll patronize people into doing it instead. Do these signs exist outside the NHS? And this is a sign that's printed off held on with some kind of dressing tape as it always is and it just says for attention of all theater staff due to budget cuts the linen skip fairy is no more before you walk out the door please look at the linen skips if they are vomiting scrubs please change the bag fear not you are not required to take a bag home to wash nor to put them in the waste area just change the bag yes i mean you i just want to say piss off like that's so patronizing isn't it but then yeah obviously i guess it must mean that there are people who are completely inept at doing so and maybe leaving their scrubs on the floor but like yeah. why tarnish us all with the same brush yeah. i noticed in work the other day so in the staff toilets in work it says something about in the women's toilets i'm not saying that i would expect it of men but in the women's toilets it says please remember to leave the toilets in a sanitary condition as you found them because there's been recent incidences and i thought oh my god these are staff bathrooms oh god. what the hell has happened here 
And I, <laughs> I felt really patronized reading that sign because I'm like, oh my gosh, we are adult women. But then realized that sign has come about for a reason. So like, yeah. I don't know it who's been like smearing shit on the walls, but it ain't me. Yeah, yeah it depends what kind of day I've had. But it made me think of a Lord of the Rings quote, which then as I thought, I was like, it's really inappropriate, which is the the sky is red, blood has been shed. And then I was like, oh no, for women. That's a terrible. <laughs> that might be that might that's that sign might go down better in the female toilets at work. That's something serious. horrible has happened here, yeah. I could tell. But yeah. obviously Oh god, she's on a period. Oh no. <laughs> no shame in that. Oh my god, oh, god that no, reminds me. no shame. I was in I was in Basildon on a course on Friday and I did see one Las of the Vegas. toilets. They had Las Vegas. And one of the toilets had three period products in there. It was really nice. And they were That's like, good. If, hey, oh, I thought it was really cool. When they're like, if you're caught short, then here, here you are. Yeah, more of that and, definitely uh, is what we need. Yeah. And I was like, do oh, you, that's nice. Therusha, do you think our menstrual cycles have synced yet? We've been friends for long enough. I think we're getting there. Yeah. It's almost a sign of like <laughs> two, true friendship is the when your menstrual cycles link or sync. <laughs> that might be a myth. I don't know. I'm sure I've heard that somewhere. Yeah, I wonder what that is. I, I, I reckon I find that kind of strange, hard to believe, but also... Yeah, like magical like, hormones. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. But I don't, and I guess guys will understand this, but like when... Maybe they will in a different capacity, but when I'm like... In certain areas of the menstrual cycle, I think women crave things. And I definitely mm. have like a fat period of my cycle where I'm just like, I don't know what it is, but I just want to eat everything in sight. Yeah. And I don't know what part of like evolution made it that way. But but like, it's so strange because like I never eat ham. Like I never eat ham, but like, there's certain points in my menstrual cycle where I crave food. And for some reason, it's always like ham and piccalilli sandwiches. But the piccalilli as well, and it's just like such a, I don't, and I don't know what it is. It's like niche, I would, isn't it? Yeah, I never eat ham otherwise, but it's it's got to yeah. be like that white stodgy bread, like yeah. loads of like ham, gammon ham, yeah. and then piccalilli, and it's just it's medicinal. Where I don't know where it, I don't. Where does it come from? Uh-huh. I don't know. So, I really Italian. don't know. No god, like, no nothing like nothing classy like Milano salami, nothing like that. Yeah. Just literally yeah. that that cheap plastic wafer thin uh, ham it's uh, just okay. it feels so wrong but do you know what i get it gets me through the, the, the cycle yeah, right. yeah. The, going back to this sign though i think oh yes message, i digress <laughs> no but like the message of the way i think the way it's written is just so condescending that if they had framed it in a nicer way i think it probably i think it would be fine it's the kind yeah. of underlined, bold type, just change the bag, just change the bag. And yes, I mean you, underlined, like yeah. all that and unnecessary, the whole, like, very, like yeah. language. It's just like speak to people like they're children. I think if you're, if you want people to get on board and do stuff, don't treat them, don't talk to them in that way because you're already going to yeah. get people back up. So I think that's why, that's what makes it a classic NHS sign. Yeah. And then, and I just don't know. If I feel like that person wasn't really expecting any, if they were, like, I just, it's some really like stupid way of thinking. Like, how are you going to, I think they just wanted to just tell people off, didn't they? Yeah, there's got to be a point in your day where you're just like, I'm I'm bored. I'm just going to make something really passive aggressive and stick it up in the changing room and get it to annoy everyone. Yeah. God. We all have those um... days, (laughs) Theroux. Yes, we do. (laughs) 
So there, you linked a tweet from Sorsha. Oh, wow, her name's... Have I messed that up? I think, Sorsha. no, I think, yeah, Sorka, Sorka is a good, another Irish name. We do like the Irish yeah. names. But yeah, this made me laugh because um, this is something I would do in real life. So she said, a patient just phoned her. Hi, you gave me the number for the lobotomy department, but I've lost it, sorry. To which she replies, I think she's a GP receptionist, I think. Oh, sorry, hmm. do you mean phlebotomy? Oh, is that it? Yes, I think so. Yeah, I'll take that one instead. But maybe you <laughs> should have a lobotomy department. Like, <laughs> maybe that's how I could bring my neurosurgery experience into GP, like in. into the community. Yeah, like I'll happily do a little lobotomy list every other Tuesday if it's going. God, I might get marched off the premises with procedure though, right? Yeah, oh, yeah, oh God, imagine that. Dr. John, what are you doing? What, what are, the you hell doing? are you doing? Yeah. Came with, like, Let me pain. finish yeah. lobotomy in peace. <laughs> But yeah, um, I, I just love those. I just love those kind of patient. Kind of, when they just, they, they obviously they don't mean to be funny, but it's hilarious because it's just, it's just so sweet, switch. isn't it? But I think, I, I, I do think, I don't mean this to sound patronizing, but phlebotomy is quite a hard word. And I didn't know what it, it meant is. for years. Yeah. I would never have known until I was in medical school that what phlebotomy was. But yeah. Yeah. Maybe it's it should unnecessarily be. complicated, doesn't it? Yeah, one the one joke that I never get tired of hearing it mispronounced is clopidogrel. Like I love it when I hear patients say, "Is clopidogrel the right way?" Oh yeah, but loads so. of our colleagues call it that as well, and it yeah, that's really true, annoys me. And oh really? Yeah. I think it's cute, like copy dog, because copy it makes it sound like is... a little type of dog. Oh, they've got like, like clip-top shoes on, like yeah, yeah, literally. And they're kind of the suit. The shoes are like at ninety degree angles. Yeah, they're like, <laughs> oh, like a little yeah. penguin. Oh, and yeah. it just so I quite like it, Cloppy Dog Rail. I I hate it when migraines are pronounced migraines. I hate that. That oh, really interesting. Really grates on me. Like, what's a migraine? It's, it's M I. Yeah, it's, migraine. it's a migraine. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Migraine. Yeah, fair enough. No, I'm trying to think of a few of the others, but it's one of the words I hate that gets overused in medicine and I, um, is deteriorating. I find that mm. as, as a word. I find it really annoying because it doesn't really tell you anything other than things are bad. And yeah, that like someone's out of their depth and they bad. need some, yeah, some assistance, yeah. but they're deteriorating. Okay. Yeah. I guess there are loads of words like that. Aren't oh, God. This tweet. Are you smarter than your supervisor? This one. Yeah, this. My boss scary. had something to say about that. Oh. There's a tweet from this guy called Mushtaq Bilal, PhD. Check him out. Mm. Never appear smarter than your supervisor. If you come up with a great idea, and you will come up with plenty. Always attribute it to your supervisor's mentorship. Even if they had nothing to do with this. Hell no. This will make your supervisor feel smarter than they actually are. Now, when I read this, I thought this has got to be a parody. But I it's know, not. But it's this guy's not. being serious. And if this was a rule for if this was like a rule book for ass kissing, then fair enough. But like this was legitimate yeah. advice about doing a bloody PhD. And oh my god, no, that that would it's very rare that I would be smarter than my supervisor, but the one time it happens too, right? I'm going to be lording that shit over everyone. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, oh my gosh, this person's got 220,000 followers and spouting this kind of nonsense. Amazing. Maybe that they're all supervisors that they've made them feel very clever in the past. And they're like, yep, that guy deserves a follow. He allowed me to steal his ideas <laughs> one time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's really fragile egoed it's very uh, ass kissy isn't it very like a bit lame 
I just yeah. can't imagine my personality doesn't allow me to yeah, that's pander to people that way. It's quite I get quite resistant to that. Like also that kind of obsequiousness. Oh god, I can't even say the word. But just that kind of fawning. Yeah, like fawning over yeah. someone. You're Isn't so it really good, transparent? You're so much cleverer than I am. Yeah, and it's. Just I just feel like, like a good supervisor would see through it anyway. So why? Yeah, not just... it's quite. It must make you feel like that fakeness. It's yeah. my, it would make me feel really uncomfortable. I'd be like, calm your tits, love. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's not. You don't need to prove anything to me, but. But along the same lines, this similar lines, there was a tweet by at Sam's feeling good and said, do you ever meet someone and imme- immediately know they are the human version of a headache? <laughs> Which, yeah, quite, actually quite often. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, the, and somebody offered like a, a kind of a similar thing, which someone said, there's a human version of laparotomy. And I feel like, oh, what's that mean? Yeah, that, do you um, think that's probably they, that person... That that degree of person must be like even exponentially bigger than a human headache. Like it must be so much more annoying. <laughs> yeah. If you're ever um, described as that, like you need to reevaluate your life. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think it should be yeah. People need it should be more acceptable to be able to tell people that they're like a human headache, or maybe you shouldn't. I don't know. But I think I'd want to know yeah. if I was a bit of a human. Headache I think I would. I think I, I would want to know. I'd want to be. Reevaluate myself and my style. Be be less migrainy, maybe. <laughs> uh, so you link this tweet about I can't actually open it. It says by oh sorry uh, yeah I've linked it wrong, but it's by Rasheed and and she said turning up to review a patient when the referral was so bad in the first place that you just don't feel safe to delay it by asking for a new one, and then she's it's I think it's a picture of the thick of it like a screen grab and it's the subtitle is i'm here in an angry capacity but <laughs> you see that advice quite often don't you that if it's if it's a bad referral you should just go and see the patient anyway because you just don't know what yeah. you're gonna end up in that's yeah. like a re- that's like, information in itself isn't it exactly so then if it's a good referral you have to see the patient and if it's a bad referral you have to see the patient yeah Basically, you just have to see everyone because that's your job yeah, through shit. That's your job. <laughs> yeah. Every chest pain. You're yeah. the chest pain doctor. Hello. <laughs> yes, yeah. God. So there's a tweet here. Bringing strife to the NHS by, oh gosh, yeah. Yeah. So Jamie. Yeah, Jamie, yeah. Your mate. By, yeah, my mate. <laughs> He's no longer your mate but because of this. He upset one of the receptionists by stirring his tea with a knife. Then he goes, I've been told. But if you use a knife, it brings your life strife. Is that the way? Is that why the NHS is the way it is? Do you think? Too knives? many knives. Maybe I should cut knives out of my life. That might be a good. I'd be my cut life knives be... out of your mouth. Knife. Uh, what like, with? Knife. Very best. With... What with? Oh my god! With a... no, I can't cut <laughs> anything if I've not got any knives left. There you go. It's but, a conundrum. It's a paradox. It's, but then, do you know what? Like the NHS, it's got about three spoons collectively. In yeah. the UK, ceased you know to what? function. I was, I was looking through, I was looking through a post that I did, got nearly two years ago when I was starting GP about. Uh, did anyone have any helpful tips and stuff? I, I was just reflecting, and one of the right. tips someone said that if there's no spoon to stir your tea with, just use one of the tongue depressors out of your room. And I was like, oh, actually, I think I'd gross. rather Jamie's knife trick. To be fair, yeah. That's gross. It's funny, isn't it? Because the spoons that there are often as well, they are the plastic ones that are really small. 
Yeah, this is going to be one of your lunch over this. I bet. <laughs> really tiny life. But do you know what? It makes you eat really mindfully because you just oh, have such oh, small yeah. mouthfuls. It takes forever uh, to eat yeah. whatever Mindfully. I'll be like yeah. enraged after Yeah, time, just like, like shoveling it all in. Oh. But um, I thought I would include a couple of cardiology treats just to like you? keep you interested. Oh. Yeah, I was, yeah, I'm always worried nice. that there's never enough cardiology. Yeah, that's true. It's a concern. But, uh, but this yeah. one is patients with broken heart syndrome failed. By current treatment. I know. I've like lowered the tone a bit there. It's been a bit more serious, isn't it? But oh my gosh, this, wow, it yeah. was a, apparently it was a study that that found that patients with Takasubo cardiomyopathy were prescribed the same medication as, as heart attacks. So I think it's always good to, uh, to be reminded that you, you can die of a broken heart broken in many heart, ways. You can. But, and uh, yeah, they are, unfortunately it is associated with worse outcomes. But then, oh. and I guess one of those one kind of driver for that can be that it's more common in women and we know that we're less likely to prescribe them second prevention medications. In fact, that's what they mentioned in the article. They mm. say, Prof. Dawson said the data shows quite starkly that Takotsubo syndrome, which is more common in women, is not being treated correctly. More research is needed. True. So that the mechanism is that it's triggered by like extreme emotional stress. And I think the theory is that you just get this dump of adrenaline in the body and then they put strain on the heart muscle and so then you get ecg changes and stuff that all look like a heart attack and the reason it's called takotsubo is because of the appearance of the, the heart usually on an angiogram where it looks like an octopus part that's what takotsubo oh i was gonna is. say the japanese octopus parts isn't it yeah yeah there's the really for this episode yeah, 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 yeah no, it I've is it, isn't it yeah, it is but there was another one as well that I just again mm. trying to keep you happy on the cardiology thing. Oh, thanks. Um, it. And it was something about it was about oh, some kind God. of yeah implantable defibrillator guidelines. And when I first read the tweet, I was like, "Oh, that doesn't sound right." But because the tweet said, "Is it okay?" Oh, apparently the tweet says it's okay to reassure the patient by hugging them when their ICD fires. I understand care, compassion, and dignity, but hugging. Not sure I've seen professional guidance that includes hugging your patient. And there's a screenshot funny, of the yeah, a screenshot of the guidance that says personnel in contact with a patient when an ICD discharges will not be harmed by the shock. Often yeah. the reassurance of holding a patient's hand or even a hug can be beneficial to the patient. Leap, leaping back from a patient suffering ICD shocks will often increase their stress and adrenaline levels. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get me. They so become like a hot why, potato. Why won't you love me? Please yeah. hug me, hold me. Yeah. This is what happens when I come in from a run and I've got really cold hands. And I'll be like, why don't you love me to Joe? Like, <laughs> yeah. She's like, no, your ICD's firing. Yeah, Get out exactly. of it. Yeah. But it's if, a strange wording. Yeah. Is that to with use? a funny bit of advice? Obviously, I feel with those things, they must be based on one funny or one interesting there's, story. Where yeah, there's one case. One out of the room or something. Yeah. One Absolutely. person. Absolutely. And then suddenly they're like, God, because of this one idiot, yeah. we have to make a rule. Or do you think it was like, <laughs> oh, this guy would have lived if you tagged him. Yeah. This, the, that's, that was in the coroner's report. Forever yeah, born. Yeah. Prescribing yeah. those hugs, QDS. But I think the thing is, is that it's, is, I guess it's like one of those things that maybe people don't really think about that much. Like in general, like, why would you even, why would, I don't know. It's such a funny little niche little topic. It, Just, isn't it? Yeah. Thing is, we're going with like CPD though, because in, the ICD has obviously got two worse, obviously, but it's got two <laughs> obviously. leads. Obviously, I'm, I'm like that. Everyone will know. <laughs> yeah, duh. But like, it's got leads in the heart, and it generates a kind of current across it to defibrillate. It's 
it's not usually enough for you to even experience anything anyway. So I wouldn't pay too much. As like the bystander kind of thing. Oh, as in like, you know, with an ICD. Oh, yeah. As in that's an implantable device, isn't it? The current is generated within the heart. So it's, you wouldn't be able to feel it because it's like a, it's only a small current needed oh. in a small area. Whereas, yeah, obviously, if you're defibrillating someone for real, yeah, the external one, don't go yeah. touch, don't go hugging those yeah. people. Definitely. Oh, gosh. Yeah, that's, that's a very real life thing because that could be quite easily, I guess, misconstrued if you just came across mm. that. Oh, I should give them a hug. Hug someone. I was going to hold you down. Yeah, yeah, you'll get yeah, through it. It's okay. Oh, my gosh. That's scary. Yeah, don't do that. But Ooh. more CPD. Yes. If you don't follow this account, Josh Treeback or Treebatch, MD. Mm. His handle is at J Treebach, which is spelled T-R-E-B-A-C-H. And I'm really sorry if I butchered the surname. But he's, I think he's like a toxicologist or poison specialist. Um, and he always has amazing tweets about like just things that are just plants and whatever that you think are really benign. But this one was about, I don't know how you say it, antimony, antimony pill? Antimony, antimony, so apparently, <laughs> apparently back in the 1800s, people were taking, I'm going to say make some really well, yeah. antimony pill. Antimony. Antimony. That that, she's my best friend, antimony. That's me. To make you poop. The pill would come out in your poop entirely intact and you could clean it off and oh. reuse it or pass the pill down as a family heirloom. This caused the pill to earn the name Everlasting Pill. Let me just Google what antimony is. It's oh, going to be some sort of compound. Just like a oh, it's, it's a semi-metal. It's a chemical oh, element. Wow. So he says, antimony can be quite irritating to the GI tract. I imagine people would throw the pill up or be digging through the diarrhea to, the to diarrhea find the pill. The pill. Oh, I would gosh. love to get my hands on an antimony pill for science purposes, <laughs> not for pooping purposes. Yeah. It's chemically similar. Yeah, oh, here we go. Top. Here's the CPD. Antimony is chemically similar to arsenic. And the toxicity oh, from the two can be similar. Antimony toxicity is rare, but it does happen. Oh my imagine, God. So imagine just swallowing a bit of metal to make you poop and then just fishing through the crap to find it so you could take it again in the future. Like, I've just seen one of the replies, which is better than poop knife. And I think I actually oh, know what that's you, about. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's a Reddit story, isn't it? Yeah, from where everyone just assumed that everyone had a poop knife. And it so definitely wasn't a thing. And it was a knife in the bathroom to cut up poops to make them flush easier. And now nobody will be able to sleep tonight and you're welcome. <laughs> That's awful. I feel like this is a very much like a Victorian period thing. Because do you remember like they used to use like radioactive kind of, was it to brush their teeth to make the teeth whiter? They used to put oh, like gosh. lead face powder on their face to give them that like whiter right. kind of complexion. Very Victorian vibes. Yeah, I don't even. I don't even know what to say. Don't even to go. Yeah, it's there's, so there's not much. There's not much <laughs> to go on. We can just finish the God. podcast now. Yeah, yeah, let's end it there. Oh my God, there's a tweet you linked from Tom Lawton. Interesting warning on Radio Four earlier on the recruitment scam on recruitment scams. No reputable employer will ask you to pay in order to get a job with them. Hands up if you've ever paid for an NHS DBS check. Gosh, Every yeah. time. Every single time. It really time. annoys me because then they say you have to have the enhanced version, which is like obviously oh, more yeah. expensive. Oh, and to make your life easier, you should just subscribe to the DBS update yeah. service. Oh, God, yeah. And it's actually, this is, yeah, it's just, oh, I don't know. It's a, it is a, a mistake, isn't it? Yes. There's so many things that if you top them up, they're so annoying. I 
find it annoying. You have to pay for parking. I'm like, yeah, I that really throws like, my come gears. To work. Like, how awesome? So what? Oh, because oh, it's supposed to encourage you to use like a bicycle. Awesome. Yeah, but like where some of us work, like that's so impossible. And on GP as well, like I thought, oh, how good would it be to like cycle to work? I only work six miles away, but somehow that journey in the car takes me 40 minutes. And I'm like, I'm sure that would be quicker cycling. But but then what I do with home visits, like it's just this is the whole thing. It's there's not enough incentives for us to get out of the cars. But but yeah, I don't know. It's that grinds my gears. And I remember when I did when I started GP training, obviously I was also got quite a bit older than some of my fellow trainees. And one one of the kind of the new doctors, I think they they were an IMG and they'd come from abroad. And he posted on the group to say, "I think I'm getting like scammed. My my trust is charging me for car parking." And I was just like, "Oh, mate, like that's quite normal." Yeah. And he refused to believe and was was saying. Like people should be doing more to to stop this, and I was like, I guarantee, like wherever you work in the NHS, like this is going to be a thing. I don't yeah. know how soul destroying is that to like, find out? Find out that way and be like, well, also it's soul destroying if you think about it from our perspective, because at some point we all like collectively rolled over and it's like, oh, that's just how it is now. And Ab- absolutely. And one of my when I was a neurosurgery reg in the children's hospital in Liverpool. We had a huge issue with parking. So there was like a small multi-story attached, but it wasn't really big enough for the volume of staff there. And mm. we used to do like non-resident on calls. So there was like a supermarket at Sainsbury's further down the road, but not, it wasn't just a, just literally like across the road. It was a good kind of 15 minute walk away. Mm. And the hospital paid Sainsbury's to like corner off some of their car park for some of the staff. And yeah. we were saying in neurosurgery, like we're non-resident on calls. Like we have to come in in the middle of the night. I'm not parking at Sainsbury's in the middle of the night in a, quite a deprived and rough area of Liverpool and then walking from the supermarket like to the mm. hospital to see an emergency. So fine, so very lucky pulled the neurosurgery card and managed to get a space in the multi-storey. But like, how bad is that? That like, you'd have to pay mm. to park in Sainsbury's to then come in in the middle of the night and yeah, mm. for me. Yeah, that's not ideal. Um, so many is ridiculous things. Uh, but can you imagine like someone had that idea and then I thought that was okay to float that? Like, I know. Yeah, I thought this is a good way to yeah, sort out the parking issue. But gosh. So yeah, yeah the next tweet they linked medical apprenticeships. Apprenticeships, I can't say it. Mm. But yes. So how they're coming to the UK next year. Yeah, so there's more and more kind of being posted about them now. So I think essentially I think because when they were first talked about, there was quite a paucity of information. Whereas now there seems to be like specific kind of information coming out. And there was something from um, Essex who posted some information about the medical apprenticeship role. Right. And what I was quite surprised. So it's, the role descriptor was saying, when not attending university, medical doctor apprentices um, will work in, in a job role throughout their five work program, due, uh, blah, blah, blah. Um, some roles will be patient facing. Others will look at the supporting systems needed to function as doctors. So there's the whole medical apprenticeship thing is instead of medical school, isn't it? And that's what people are getting quite et up about. So the example job roles that you would have to do whilst being a doctor or medical apprentice include clinical coding assistants, ward clerks, porters, human resource administrators, patient advice liaison officers, discharge planners, 
notes summarizing in primary care and electronic patient record trainers. To me, that very much sounds, oh gosh, so the starting salary is £14,000, one four. So to me, it's strange. So it's coming up as, I think it was initially, people were wondering whether the apprenticeship model would mean that it was widening participation in terms of getting people into medicine. It really doesn't seem that way with a annual salary of 14 grand in the first year and 22 grand in your final year. But also it feels like a way to somehow train you to be a doctor, but whilst you do all these other supportive roles, be a porter, be a ward clerk, be be a coding assistant, be a note summarizer. It's like it just seems a bit, it's yeah, for your own it good seems though. like how does that learning. fit together? Okay. I just don't quite understand. It's, yeah, it's an odd one, but I think it's, yeah, it's strange. I think uh, there, there was a lot of responses to this, right? And I guess some of the kind of responses were like, it's another way of trying to get into medicine and you still have to, they do the same exams, right? And yeah, I feel like it's, there's still not enough information about it to know. And I know the BMJ posted an article recently about medical degree apprenticeships are coming to the UK next year. So this is still, this is not far away, but oh, they've said here, actually much detail is still missing. So that's quite interesting. So obviously it's the Essex school that have released uh, yeah. the plans. Whereas I think a lot of it is still unknown for elsewhere. And I think it's quite worrying that this is meant to start within 12 months or whatever. And we actually still don't know. And I think, Maybe, yeah, I think maybe it is the same exams, just a different way mm. of going about things. And I know that's tied into a lot of kind of, was there some talk about how PAs could go down that route, but not nurse yeah. practitioners and things? I might be getting it wrong, but I understand that it's quite, quite worrying. And someone made a good point as well about who is going to teach the medical apprentice students. One of my doctor friends had seven students on her ward, including two PA students. We don't receive any additional payment for teaching time and goodwill doctors is low. And I used to find that really hard in hospital rotations in my GP jobs to try and make sure that people will get learning experiences for the PA students, the medical students. It's really difficult when you've got a full busy job as well. And then even more people are going to potentially be descending yeah. onto the wards. I don't know. Yeah, I don't I think like, know. Again, all this stuff, these like new initiatives and things that, they all seem to fit, like, whenever we say stuff about kind of doctors, numbers and things, um, that's the same answers that you get, or like training more doctors every year and all this kind of stuff. And it's like, there are bottlenecks yeah. in training, like training roles, like further down the line, you're not addressing that. You're just, you're like trying to think up other ways of getting more people into the system, which I think in, in the longer term is like, obviously going to be part of it, sure. But you're not the kind of core issue that's happening at the moment where no. you have people who are applying and like anaesthetists are a particularly important example where you just don't have enough training numbers so you've just got these massive bottlenecks of doctors who have gotten up to that stage and then they don't have a job and they don't have a way to advance their careers so that they can fulfill important roles that are necessary within the NHS yeah. and instead they're doing anaesthetist uh, associates and all this kind of stuff and it's doesn't make any sense anyway. Like and that, that... Yeah, and that's it. And this bottleneck argument has been going for years now. And even yeah. when I started new research, that real potential of there are no consultant jobs. So when you CCT, 
you can't guarantee a consultant job. And it's that very, that it's that pyramid structure, isn't it? And there's just not enough jobs for everyone on the bottom kind of rung of which there are many people. And it is, and a lot of it does come down to that one argument. And for, for whatever reason, like, it feels like the government are preserving it. Like, are they like bathing it in formaldehyde or whatever? Like, I, I don't know. Because it's just like that, like, no matter what they do, that bottleneck argument is still there, like immortal for forevermore. And, and like I say, I think if they were starting to address that and they suddenly maybe use some of that money for this long-term workforce plan, to open up roles on those higher rungs and those higher echelons so that it's more of an up and down structure than a, than a pyramid structure, then I think that would actually go quite a long way in improving a lot of things for us. But it's I think that bottleneck thing is just going to be an issue for like just forever. I just, it's yeah, bizarre. Just, they just don't seem to address it. Yeah, I think it's just going for kind of expedient, things that are politically expedient rather than and actually... Cheap. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Maybe. Yeah. You linked a tweet from the Samaritans, the myth that today yeah. is the most so depressing should day we of go, year. Should we leave the medical stuff behind? Because that is quite depressing. But oh, okay. going on to the, yeah, the last medical stuff. So, yeah, Blue Monday was this. No, it would, because Monday tomorrow, so it would be Monday last week. And they said, yep, yeah. yeah, the myth that today, so this was January the 15th, that is the most depressing day of the year, it seems to pop every year. So it's called Blue Monday. So they've said, we're going to just bring you the truth on this. So, yeah, so Blue Monday, they've said, was literally made up in 2005 to help a travel company sell holidays. There's no scientific evidence to back it up. It's a marketing gimmick. It oversimplifies the complex nature of mental health challenges and plays into unhelpful stereotypes. And it risks trivializing real emotions and feelings for sales of holidays, as it was. We all have our good and bad days and they have absolutely nothing to do with a random made-up day in January. So it's really interesting that, isn't it? How that one thing can then extrapolate. And yeah. I think we mentioned it in a previous podcast about Blue Monday and how it has very potential negative effects in terms of yeah. do people feel like they need to book a holiday because they are being told they are going to be sad on this day so they need to book a holiday yeah. to, to cheer themselves up. But I just hate how, like, it's Capitalism funny how like allows this stuff to happen. Exactly how it influences culture in a way, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, that is become um, that far-reaching. Yeah. One of the things that always gets me is the whole your engagement ring is supposed to be like what one or two months worth of salary, and that came from like the De Beers diamonds and yeah. how like that. And of course, now that is often what people describe as the like what the value of an engagement ring should be, mm. and. And that's something that came from capitalism. It's just funny, isn't it, when you think about that? And also, oh yeah, the other thing that's from apparently from capitalism is the hours going back and forward because obviously that's to do with productivity. Yeah, the day, the daylight savings. Yeah, there's no like celestial reason yeah. for it, and because the, off every year when we come up to that daylight savings time or whatever kind of spring forward, fall back issue. There's always like that, oh, sign this petition to get rid of this because there is no reason for it. The days are still going to get longer and shorter with the yeah. phases and stuff. But yes, yeah, it is. It's just strange how things like that just come embedded in life and culture mm. and the world. You link this tweet. Tell me about the one from, so it's from it. Marina Babina. Yeah. So after 
nice segue from Blue Monday. So she said, so turns out I wasn't depressed. I just needed to take iron, zinc, B12, magnesium and cinnamon vitamins every day. But wow. yeah, it makes me realize like how, uh, how, like what do you call it? We don't look after ourselves sometimes physically. Yeah. But yeah, I do. I hear a lot about magnesium and I, I looked a lot into magnesium. I think there are definite potential health benefits. But it's just remembering to take that stuff. Like you buy all these vitamins, isn't it? It's like that typical they like new year, new me, buy them all. And then they just all sit in a cupboard somewhere. The anesthetists listening, listening would love it because they get magnesium sulfate for like everything. They love magnesium. They do. They, they do. do. Well, like there's a, a separate tweet that was really, not like related, but you may be interested in. And it goes, what's the superstition you all believe in? Do you have a superstition? A bit I think I probably do. I don't, I, I get, I never walk under ladders. I still believe that one. Do you have I any at quite, work then? Oh, like, sometimes people say, oh, don't mention the Q word and stuff. Oh, yeah. um, How do you feel about that? Do you feel that? Yeah, I used to buy into that, hmm. but now not really. Like now I just think like today's always, every day is going to be a shit day. Do you know what I mean? It's, <laughs> it's always going to be busy. But yeah, I, people do say that a lot, don't they? About the, oh, don't mention the Q word. You're going to jinx us. Fair enough. I, what about you? I wondered, like, how... It's not so much a superstition, but I feel like when there's thunder, I thought, I noticed that there tends to be more complete heart blocks that seem to turn up. I don't know why, but like, when there's really lightning That's really interesting. So there is, so in neurosurgery, there is... There is a proven correlation between atmospheric pressure, so certain types of weathers, particularly storm weather, and the incidence of subarachnoid hemorrhage. That's that a proven really thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. So is Don't quote me on that, something, something to do with the pressure. Okay. No, I, I remember the reason why it came up was, I remember being on call once and my consultant, we had a, just a space on of Subarax on a Saturday on call and the boss on call was like oh look at the weather and I was like what yeah. do you mean and he was like oh, have you not heard and apparently yeah it's a thing it. so I'm not sure if you can do anything about it but it, I think it's just one of those like, oh it's an observation oh, so you know yeah like one of my bosses when he used to come on the night he used to want to know how many semis there have been during the day and he'd be like because on average you probably get about four or five a day so if there have been four during the day then it's much less likely for you to get oh, more at night. See. You start yeah. and I was like, oh, okay, fair enough. It's a way of looking at yeah. it. So this, what's this next one? Everyone you meet is fighting a battle you know nothing about. Make it worse by saying they look tired. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, hate, how I was expecting I, that to go. But I used to hate that as well. Sometimes like you'd come in on a day shift and then someone would like, be like, oh, you're, on you're the going night. home. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah, you, yeah. You, it's been a long Why? night. Yeah, no, yeah. I just look tired. I just look yeah. like this all the time. Yeah, don't you know? Don't people know by now? That's just like a ri risky thing. Personal to say, attack, like. isn't it? Yeah, yeah exactly. But, yeah, yeah so it's always a, a, an assured way to cheer them up. Ruin someone's day. Yeah. There was another uh, talking about ruining someone's day. There was a, another tweet that uh, said she was trying to find nicer ways to tell people that I think they're overthinking something, and as very much an overthinker myself, this resonated and. Uh, her way of saying it was, oh, that's an interesting number of thoughts to have. <laughs> like... What you should do, a better one, I think, which is a boomer reply, is just a reply with a thumbs up. Oh, like a proper dad thumbs up. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. And then 
that's the, that's, that's the way that just leads to more overthinkers oh my god <laughs> what does that mean yeah, that's true. so funny what's this next one calling in healthy a tweet from yeah. rebel we are cause kayla so she said people should be able to call in healthy look i'm not coming into the office today i feel really good and i don't want to waste it on being at work it's, isn't I, that true I though it. i feel like those days must be like yeah. so few and far between sometimes that like you know i'm gonna take a personal day because i actually feel good for once yeah that's so true god that really flips it on his head doesn't it wow. totally and it makes you think we just help we just muddle through life just like feeling yeah. crap all the time but there's another tweet that talking about feeling crap one of my favorite accounts very british problems that says you're not british unless you spent school break times playing games that carried a high risk of concussion in a concrete playground <laughs> like my knees are full of scars which i often like look at and think all oh, those were sustained from playing silly games like British Bulldogs on a concrete playground. Oh, you played British Bulldog. Oh, you played yeah. British Bulldog. Wow. Which is, it's just quite rough, isn't it? And I it feel is, like the playgrounds yeah. now have that padded material on the swings oh, and the slides, yeah, but I'm like, do, yeah. nope. Kids cold, these days. Cold, hard concrete for us. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, God. My poor but, knees. Yeah, I thought that was so, so funny. It's just so, so accurate, you, so, isn't it? Do you, what else did you play? So you played British Bulldog. Bulldog. What else did you Bulldog. play? There was like the classic like touch or tag, depending on where you are in the, uh, what you call it. Yeah. What's the time Mr. Wolf was similar to British Bulldogs? Or then you'd have to okay. run and they would turn around and then you would take so many steps. We would make various games up of like football and rounders. So okay. always get smacked in the face by some sort of ball. That sounds wrong, but... Yeah, being touched um, in the face by a ball is... It's like um, a rite of passage, theme. isn't it? Like, in, yeah. in school, like a really hard football slapped in that. In your oh. face, yeah. Yeah, it makes your eyes water. Like sting and ring sting, for a while. yeah. What other games? I can't remember. Now. We had a game called Fumble, but I think that was... That's you know, so wrong. Sound, that Fumble. sounds wrong, doesn't it? It's it a voice call, wrong. so yeah. Yeah, I'll let okay. you just imagine what it could be. Yeah, uh, They might have it in other international schools. Did you have to I try guess, and hit but... them in the willy? Was that what it was? No. Oh. no. Oh, although. Bangkok, did... wasn't it? Do you remember that? We were just... <laughs> say, what's the capital no, but of Thailand? And then that. you say Bangkok and they'd punch you with the dick. Not mine, not mine obviously. I haven't got one. But What's going on? I don't This is a real game. This... Yeah, did you not play that? No, I didn't. I... Oh, maybe it was a values what? thing. God. Let's move on. <laughs> yeah, Jesus. What Go on, tell me what experience. fumble was. Yeah, tell me what fumble, fumble was. was. Yeah, let's make it seem less weird. Let's, let's bring about it, let's a bring it back fumble up. that I played yeah. in boys' school, <laughs> which is basically where you'd have to throw a ball against a wall and it bounced. And then if you caught it before it bounced off the ground, you, then you got a free shot where basically the person who'd thrown the ball would have to stand against the wall, face away, and you could throw the ball against them as hard as you could. Oh, so the aim was to like throw the ball against the wall so that it bounced before anyone else could catch it. Yeah. And then oh, and there are other rules I can't quite remember. So if you tried to throw it and someone intercepted it before it hit the wall, then you had to quickly, if you were the thrower, you had to run to the wall before that other person who's caught the ball could try and also whip the ball oh, at your head, basically. But if you threw the ball and it hit someone in the willy, interestingly, then you had to apologize. <laughs> Please, they're off, they're off yeah. limits. Oh, yeah, don't do that, mate. It's, yeah. yeah, that's not, it's, yeah. That's low blow, man, low blow. Yeah, low, yeah, literally. Low. Low. <laughs> Did you ever have to do 
talking about running back and forth, it just reminded me, did you have to do the bleep test in school? Yeah. Oh, God. Oh, that's that a cause so of so many nightmares for me. Like, I would yeah, never last two right. seconds. Yeah, and I just remember, like, why were much. we in high school just told to run up and down a hall with a bloody... So traumatizing. It was awful. That bloody bleep noise. I used to hate it. Yeah. Oh, so loud and piercing, wasn't it? But... um and talk, talking about the past, I quite like this. It's not on the happy like tone like we have just been talking, but mm. there was a tweet that said, I just saw some kid on TikTok saying that they wish they were a teen in the early 2000s. And I feel like kids don't understand how pervasive, constant and violent the homophobia was or the misogyny. Yeah. The music was fun and we were constantly online, but don't idealize the past. It's yeah, fun. I get that. Things were different, but I don't think they were automatically better. No. I feel like there was less pressure I think I often think about this now. I feel like I'm chronically online and always on social media at the moment, and people have mixed opinions about social media, don't they? But I see the pressure, especially like young kind of girls are under, and I see them wearing loads of makeup and to to school, and they're learning how to do these amazing things with their hair and their makeup and their clothes from like tutorials. I like this pressure to look like that. Whereas, like, could I look like a ragamuffin when I was in school? And I don't think I like you couldn't pay me to be a teenager in school now. So I think there are like some things like you could still be a kid when you were 12 back then, but now that feels like it's feels a different. bit, yeah. Like... I think that, yeah. So I think the things are still bad. I think there's, I think as time goes on, there, there'll always be ways for bullies to make other kids lives hell and for, totally. um, for people to make other people feel small. It just worked in slightly different ways. Yeah. And yes, like homophobia, Lo- loads of things were just like really problematic and they still are but in different ways and oh uh, yeah i think the take home from that was right which is there's no point idealizing what the work yeah. still needs to be done work yeah i don't think ever, i don't think anything then. will ever get better it'll just be different like you say yeah, yeah it'll just be a different way to make it's people feel shit about and, themselves yeah it's always but let's bring it back up and let's end on yeah, some yeah, foodie notes we're not talking about our air fryers for the for a while but this is yeah. really Airfryer related. But I like this one. So this was a tweet by Flups. The real Flux <laughs> is her handle. Dear Warburtons, yeah. please stop selling your crumpets and pancakes in sixes. Oh God, I feel this. Because I have to have three crumpets, even though I probably only want two, as it's impossible to do the foldy over thing with the packet. <laughs> if there's one crumpet from the three <laughs> left, yeah. it's your fault I'm fat. But I just, any multi-pack, because I live alone, it's like I take it as this personal challenge to just like finish everything. So I, I just I hate leaving like half-eaten things. I'm like, oh, I'll have to have all the crumpets now. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. Do but, you, yeah. So the crumpets are they all the same topping then? Do I've not had. I've personally not had crumpets for ages. So I'm thinking <gasps> of other things like bread rolls, bagels, oh, yeah. blah blah blah, whatever. But yeah, yeah, I can't remember the last time I had a crumpet actually. What would um, you do with a crumpet then? I normally just toast it and have butter, and okay. it all fall, falls with the little holes, doesn't it? Jam it. would be quite nice, yeah. yeah. But I think if some you had people have them, them savory. Would you have three jams? Yeah. No, I'd probably have. It's amateur like, hour here. I know. I think I'd probably have all butter and one jam. I don't know. Actually, it depends what kind of yeah. mood I'm in. I'd like to have a traffic light system. So you'd have one, which would be with marmite. I like marmite. And then I the second marmite. one would probably be butter. And then the third one would be like a dessert and be with jam. Oh yeah, I, that's. Yeah. That is top tier. I think I've actually, no, I like peanut butter on a crumpet. Oh, I forgot about oh that. I've never done that. Yeah, that's, that's a nice, man. Normal oh. butter and then peanut butter. Yeah. I th- yeah, that's interesting. Oh, I might have to try that. So what, your 
bread rolls. Do you do a kind of crusty bread roll thing? Or... Oh, I love. Yeah, it's so hard to find good uh, gluten-free crusty bread rolls, but I love. Um, I love crusty rolls. You know the par baked ones, and then they like yeah. you. They're like warm, and they just put the butter yeah. on, and it's really oh, yeah, nice, beautiful. I just love all bread and carb based yeah. items. Bread is amazing, isn't it? It is. Yeah. It, I yeah, it's the best thing to come out of this world, man. Best thing since best, since bread. since sliced bread. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but then I, I God, I'm such a I'm te- I'm so terrible though. When I have, if I ever buy a fresh non-sliced loaf the slices the width of the slices that i cut for myself are obscene like sliced bread is <laughs> is probably a good thing in that respect because like, i probably like door stops yeah door stop. yeah. Uh, yeah i get like four, <laughs> four slices out of one loaf <laughs> like they'll just be that like bricks and then so your favorite door stop sandwich filler would be ham and piccalilli yeah i think you can't really go wrong with that yeah so it's salty, um, isn't it? And you've got that bit of like sourness. But I love cheese and onion yeah. as well. But or corn, oh, corned beef. I don't know, corned beef and onion. Corned beef and Ooh. raw onion. Oh, wow, interesting. interesting. I just love sandwiches. Of course, I just love a food. A Plowman's is quite nice with thick bread. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so th- sharp cheddar, yes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So you linked one, speaking of sharp, cranberry juice tastes like it does not want to be wet. That was from yeah. Lana Del Gay. I don't know what it was, but I totally understood that. Have you ever drank cranberry juice and your yeah. mouth has just gone completely dry? Yeah, it's just weird, isn't it? It's such a strange one. I do like it. Do you like cranberry juice? I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm not a big fan. Love, love cranberry no. juice. Three enough. Uh, this is another one that I liked. This lady said, I grew up seeing adults in the grocery store opening the eggs and looking at them. So when I grew up, I opened the eggs and I looked at them. But not until I found a cracked egg did it occur to me <laughs> that was the reason why I was looking at eggs for years. And that was in response to a, a tweet that said, what's a really obvious thing that you should have known much earlier in life, but you found it out perhaps a bit later. I just love yeah. that woman. It's, I must conform. Everyone yeah, yeah. in the boxes that learned the behavior. Eggs. Yeah. This oh, is what there's normal, a broken one, isn't it? This is what a normal yeah. human does. Yeah. yeah. Actually, I don't just look at them. I run my hands over them because I, I've fallen Ooh, foul. Oh, to yeah, to that whole you know when it's, you can't see there's brokenness actually cracks underneath so I give them a little oh, zhuzh because I'm yeah, gonna I'm been, gonna start, start doing that from now on start fumbling um, the eggs start stop fum- playing the game of fumble with the eggs yeah but it does freak me out sometimes when you see the feathers and stuff attached because it just makes yeah me that's like, true oh god that's animal based now I feel really bad but yeah, yeah. yeah. that's a good that's a doesn't it good place to end things maybe on that one just yeah well can you think of anything else really obvious that you should have known earlier in life but found out perhaps a bit later probably so many things to be fair i think i don't know i do sometimes feel like there are song lyrics which i've got and i can't think of anything off the top of my head that you've got them wrong and then when you actually find out years later what they actually said there's that song about santa Santa baby, no, the one where oh, uh, baby is cold outside, is it? Oh, that's a bit weird. That one, that's oh, no, yeah, that is perfect. There's the one where I see my mum kissing Santa, and I remember oh. thinking that was her cheating on the dad with Santa. And I was like, How that's really out of order, like, why is she doing yeah. that? Yeah, and then realizing later on it's because dad's dressed up as Santa. Oh my gosh, so I only just got that because you said that now. I thought she was just cheating <laughs> as well. Yeah. So that was much later than, yeah. <laughs> Oh, that makes so go. much sense. Why? But I would be like really indignant, being like, "No, don't kiss Santa." What about? Oh, oh my gosh! Oh, that's oh, that's, 
that's a nice wholesome one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's okay. Mama's not cheating. It's just your yeah. daddy. It's all it's good. Bad. Yeah, fine. Cool. We've come up to time. Let's do some. As we always do, eventually. It's been an honor, a privilege. Oh. Um, it has for you, yes. That's you are right. It has for you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Thanks. So, so you, are you back? You're back. GP Liverpool. Yeah, Liverpool. I work in a very interesting part of Liverpool, shall we say, at the moment. Very interesting population, but very rewarding, very entertaining. Yeah. And I'm from the valleys myself, so I feel like there's there's nothing pretentious about me, shall we say? But mm. yeah. Have a good week, guys. Yes. Take care. Look after yourselves. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.